What's up guys and welcome back to the podcast and today we're going to be talking about the State of the Union Address, policing, and also anti-Semitism within our Congress and explaining how could we possibly vote for people that are clearly and explicitly anti-Semitists and I'm going to get into the State of the Union first before I get into that because it all correlates together. So when I looked at the State of the Union address, I think Trump really handled it well, and I think what he said was right, and for honoring those people who served our country and who are protecting our borders. But some people, like Rashonda Tlaib, who is a U.S. representative, left in the middle of the State of the Union address, which was, which I deem very disrespectful. If you're going to plan a leaving, because it was clearly planned, really, because AOC said the day before that she wasn't going to go anyway, and that was fine by me. It was just the fact that if you're going to come, then you should actually stay for the whole State of the Union address instead of leaving in the middle of it when we're trying to give out awards to people that deserve it who fought for our country. Instead, we have people like Rashonda Tlaib and Ayan Amar who are blatantly racist towards Israel or towards the Jewish population within Israel because there is, there is Bedouins within Israel and other races within it and they love Hamas more than they do love the US really because they complained about getting banned from Israel but I would ban you too if you're going to come and speak against my people it's just a matter of principle and it's a matter of you being blatantly racist and spreading this word of violence because of a long deep-rooted issue between two people and i think how could they possibly be two people in the congress who are blatantly anti-semitists and no one notices it and then they get away with it so easily and for example, when Ayon Amar was criticizing the soldiers that went into Somalia and to liberate the people from the warlords that were taking the food shipments from the U.S. and from the U.N., the United Nations to be exact, who gave them the food shipments and being taken from the border, she complains about that, saying that was American imperialism when we went in there just to save people's lives, not to take their land. I, I don't remember... If there was a case of us going to Somalia and taking the land, I don't, I don't remember that case. And also to further my point of Ayan Omar's anti-Semitic tweets, I have one right here. It says, Israel has hypnotized the world. May Allah awaken the people and help them see the evil doings of Israel. Hashtag Gaza. Hashtag Palestine. Hashtag Israel. And you must say, how did this person get elected into office with these tweets? Because these tweets go on. And to not forget about Rashonda Tlaib, I found an article by the Times of Israel that says Rashonda Tlaib poses with Hezbollah backing anti-Israel activists who supports for the Palestinians to gain back Israel or the, the Israeli territory that was lost to them. But most people don't know why there's an issue between Palestinians and Israelis, to be more specific, the Jews within Israel, because Israel itself is actually pretty diverse. It does have Muslims, Christians and Bedouins within it and other races and other religions that diversify the, the Israel but they get hung up by the Jewish state part and the lost territory that was lost to them but let's remember now that in 2007 and up till now the Israeli government has given them options to become a nation giving them the connections to the three kingdoms which is Judea, Samaria and Galilee and Gaza Strip and let them be their own people which is pretty much a lot for israel not even being that big 
I believe it's only nine miles wide. You could literally drive 15 minutes across Israel, the whole country, in 15 minutes without traffic. And this is giving a lot to them. And they decided, they said no. And they said they seek the destruction for Israel. So how can we have representatives in our Congress who want the destruction of Israel and are, devo are devoted to boycotting Israel because of their religious and hatred towards the Jewish people? And I think that they should be kicked out of Congress for the fact that they are anti-Semitists and they're not afraid to show it. And we can see by the tweets they send out and there's no repercussions for it. There is no repercussions for it. Even though Omar married her brother, which everyone found weird when that came out, and a, cer a ceremonial ritual, that's what they call it. And these people who hate our government or hate our way of life, why are they even in Congress? If they talk so much bad about our country, why are they, why did you even vote for them? Why did Michigan vote for them? And it's just, it's just mind boggling how they even got this close. But now I'm gonna be talking about policing and you may say, what brought me to this topic? Because yesterday morning, two cops or two NYPD cops got shot by a gunman who was just released I believe from prison for murdering somebody he was on parole I believe and how police take this beating from people when they do this job when police officers do their job and what they signed up for which is to protect and serve people most of these people don't even like them but at the end of the day who do you call when you're in trouble who do you call when there's an assault who do you call when there's domestic abuse you call the police and it doesn't make sense to me to call for the killings of cops, to put these hits on cops when their whole job is to protect you. When people go to a riot or they go to, for example, not a riot, what I mean is like when you go out to protest, when people see cops, the cops are not there to shut you down. They are there to protect you just in case an opposing group comes along. For example, there's people who love the First Amendment or freedom of speech and there's people who don't like Antifa. If they come around and these two groups meet, there may be violence and there may be violence on both sides. The cop's job is to stop that violence from occurring. And for example, Black Lives Matter, when they were out, when they were out protesting, they were there not for the fact that they were protesting cops, they were there to prevent violence. And imagine that every day you're a cop and your job is to protect these people who don't care about you and rather see you dead because cops do have families. And imagine the cops who are killed just because they're cops. It's not because, I'm not saying that there isn't bad cops in the world. Of course there is, there is bad cops. But to put them on a scale that everyone's a bad cop when we have the most diverse force in the world to say all of them are racist is just not true. And it, I don't believe that narrative that the media plays that the majority of cops shoot black people. I don't believe in that media story. I don't believe in the media's identity politics that it's all because it's a black and white thing between cops. But when you look at the criminal statistics, which I found here, it says by 2017 to 2018 to 2019. And the statistics say that white people were killed more than black people in the three years that it shows here, which is 2017, 2018, and 2019, as I said before. The numbers is 457 for 2017 for white people, 399 for 2018, and for 2019 is 312, which the black population 
that it shows here, it was 223 killed in 2017 and 209 killed in 2018 and 2019, 205 people were killed who were black. So it shows that the media itself doesn't really care about the statistics or the facts that it feeds on people's hate. But I'm not saying that there isn't bad cops and that they're all good cops because that wouldn't be true. As I said before, there is bad cops, but they do get penalized and they do lose their job. In some cases, they do go to jail for it. And it's not just that, oh, because they're cops that they get away with everything. That's not true. And thank you guys for listening to the podcast. And if possible, that you donate to Project Hope, which helps Puerto Rico through its time of need with donations like food, money, and clothing. And maybe you guys could spare a dollar or two to the cause or some food because it really has damaged the public infrastructure of Puerto Rico and damaged some well-known sites. And it'd be a lot of help if you give your money or give your clothing or food. Everything is welcomed. And thank you guys for listening. And have a good day.